and welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network. It is Saturday, February 17th, and uh, we got a lot to get to today. So, Odie, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'll feel better once my nails are done and filled in. <laughs> All right. Let's just jump into it. Odie, what you got for us today? All right. So, last Sunday was the Super Bowl. And, well, actually, Usher's concert, surrounded by football. Um, and, yeah, uh, as far as the Super Bowl itself goes, the actual game, it was quite boring um, because Kansas <laughs> the City half. was getting, <laughs> yeah, the first half, yeah, yeah. Kansas City was getting um, blown out. Uh, there was a lead from, who was it, San Francisco? Who the hell were they playing? I don't even remember. Uh the the Chiefs, Chiefs and 49ers. The Chiefs, that's right. The the Chiefs and the 49ers. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers. Um, now I was like honestly, I was indifferent about who won anyway, just because um I don't care. Um, these weren't the blackest teams that I could think of. However, there is a Fayetteville State alum on the Kansas City's Chiefs team. Uh -huh. um, so he literally graduated like three three years ago, went to the NFL, and has gotten two Super Bowl rings. So I love that for a fellow Bronco, um, as somebody who also attended Fayetteville State. Um, I love that for him, but at the same time, like, I'm also like, okay, enough of Taylor Swift. Like, maybe her team will lose, but no. Um, and I have a whole theory about that. I, I do feel like this relationship was like, stage for the benefit of the NFL and for Taylor oh. Swift's reputation. Taylor Swift is known as an ice princess. Attending these football games has made her seem a little less chilly um, and possibly can gain her a new fan base, even though like she has a very massive one as it is. But yeah. I just feel like this this helped her rep reputation or her perception. I, I I don't know about that, about the whole NFL thing, because now I will say this, Taylor being like being at the NFL uh, at the Super Bowl, um, it was the most, it, I'll, I, I'll, I'll have to double check. It was either the most watched Super Bowl ever or the most watched television program ever. It, it set records. Oh, it was, but not because of her. It was because of Usher. Like, let's be very clear about that. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to get to his show in a minute. Um. But yeah, I I really believe like I just don't put it past people in sports, especially now with betting being involved. There's a way to stage this shit so that certain teams win, period. And certain teams lose. Um, I just feel like the stage was set for Kansas City to have this comeback. Um, as far as uh, the Kelsey guy and uh, who plays for the Chiefs and Taylor in this relationship, I do foresee them breaking up sometime in the near future. He's going to have himself a hot boy summer. He has gone from that ridiculous mustache back to his beard, which is his signature look to uh, um, to get the attention of black women. So I think he'll be back to black women in no time. Um, but this relationship has served its purpose, so they will be breaking up. And uh, she'll be back on tour, and he'll have himself a hot boy summer. I fucking well, call it right now. Why well, I figure it like this. Kelsey has been in the league for a while. Kelsey's like 34, 35 up there himself. So, Well, shit, Taylor's like 32. Like, I mean, no, like, well, Taylor, Taylor's 34. So, <laughs> the thing, so the thing is, Kelsey is 
So it's not like, okay, we had our fun. We're going on separate ways. Kelsey's kind of close to retirement. So it's um, like, like his brother. I, I know it's his older brother, but he's like a, a Pro Bowl uh, offensive lineman. He just retired this year. Mm. So Kelsey is getting close at retirement age. So, and and from what I've heard, he actually had a, a, a massive crush on Taylor Swift. So I so the whole thing about maybe possibly using it to kind of rehabilitate her uh her image after her um her last boyfriend turned out to be uh kind of sketchy. Yeah, I could I could see that, but the thing is, it would just be too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then again, we live in a country where Donald Trump is literally saying, I want to be a dictator, and he still hasn't lost any support. So you never know. Yep. So I just don't put it past people. That's all I'm yeah. saying. So now let's shift our attention to Usher. Usher Baby did the show. First of all, he dropped his album last week. It is really good. I think Stone Cold Freak is my favorite. That's produced by uh, Rico Love, who's one of my favorite producers. He um, did uh, Beautiful Nightmare for Beyonce. He's like, you know, he's he's been working a long time. Um, and then I like Big as well uh, off of the Usher Project. I don't know who produced that. But uh, he didn't perform, of course, any new stuff smart move yeah. and uh he, he he gave us samples of like all of his hits and um he did bring out us uh excuse me Lil John who I think is based in Ghana now if I'm not mistaken um or he's been doing stuff in Ghana that's for sure like I know he has a home base there uh Ludacris came out with his afro his hair still looks good surprisingly um, usually, you know, the, the, those hairlines be getting pushed back over the years, but mm -hmm. this, this look pretty healthy, I think. Uh, Jermaine Dupri came out in these, in this fucking ridiculous fit. <laughs> you know, when like, I don't know if you have younger sisters, but like, yeah, when I was a little girl, like on Easter Sunday, you would get those dress socks that folded over. And then it had like little lace around it. Yeah. And you put those on with some black patent leather shoes. And you put the little, like the black patent leather shoes had a strap over top of them. Like that is from the ankles down. That's exactly what he had on. That's exactly what he had on. But he got online to defend him, his look later and tagged uh, Pharrell in it because I guess Pharrell was responsible for this ridiculousness. I wouldn't have. And, um, yeah, basically, he tried to say, well, it's Louis Vuitton. Like, it's high fashion. Who the fuck cares? It it's ugly. It's ugly. I don't give a fuck how much you paid for it. You looked a mess. And the fact that he's so short um, and he was wearing a short set, it just looked even more ridiculous. Like, Jermaine Dupri, no. Just absolutely no, sir. Like You know what? I, I, I When he came out there, because uh, I, I watched the performance and, and I thought it was excellent. And I, I'm... I'm the type of person will like I'll turn from the Super Bowl halftime show and watch something else unless it's like Prince or Michael Jackson or something. And I watched it and it was great. But when when Jermaine Dupri came out and I was like, why CeeLo Green sound like that? And I was like, oh, that's not CeeLo Green. I, I didn't. It took me a bit to recognize who that was. 
And somebody yeah. on the internet said he looked he looked like Boss Baby, and I was just like, yeah, I I do that's, see that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um. We also saw somebody since you and funny enough, you thought that that was CeeLo, uh, somebody who was also mistaken for someone else that came out was um. Will I am when Will I am came out, a lot of people thought it was Kanye. I don't know why, <laughs> but. I guess because he had his face like covered, but I mean uh -oh. he sang the OMG song, so yeah, it was definitely Will I Am. Uh, but there was some mistaken identity there. I saw a couple people tweet or post to Facebook in confusion. Um, but yeah, there were elements that I definitely liked. He had like definitely had like black bands, featured black bands and uh, dancers, large yes. majority of black dancers. Um, and it was just overall thoroughly entertaining. Now, Alicia Keys came out and she did exactly what I expected her to do, which was now initially she sounded a mess. But when I saw her, when the camera was panning in, I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Like, I love that aesthetic because she had like the this red outfit on. Turns out it was a jumpsuit and she basically had like a cape attached to it. Yes. So if you if you're familiar with like the Santorini flying dresses, that's what it looked like. The wind was blowing. That cape was like very, very long. It had a long train on it and it was flapping in the wind. It just looked nice. And then you see her playing the piano. And then that first note hit and she cracked immediately. Um, The rest of it kind of balanced out. But remember I said she's a yeller and I just wouldn't be surprised if her voice was not a hundred percent. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder if she's having issues with her voice. I remember uh, Adele had to have surgery on her vocal cords some years ago. Yeah. I, I, I hope mean, Alicia Keys doesn't really perform like that. So that's very possible. Um. The only thing I see her like I I definitely hear her on the those Allstate commercials because she has a very distinct speaking voice. Mm -hmm. That's definitely her on the Allstate commercials, and I guess she's just doing voiceovers and maybe still writing and performing, um, but just maybe in more intimate settings. But like she hasn't been known to go on tour or anything, um, at all. I think she just makes appearances as needed, um. Now, yeah. a, a friend of mine sent me an article. I think I shared it. I I, I want to say I tagged you in blue in it, where they said that for the YouTube replays. Yeah, that yeah. That, I definitely watched that clip. I don't know if you did tag me in that either, but I saw it. Um, Yeah, they edited it out. <laughs> it's wild business. And, and I was like, why? We all we all heard it. And and she is a, a she's a human being. Everybody's not gonna be perfect every time. And I, I'm pretty sure it came out good in practice because I'm pretty sure she didn't just come on and just say, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I mean, but she just had a she just had a moment, and mm -hmm. it happens, you know. Yeah. Um. So she tr she went into some some like what's that? If I ain't got you, that's how she opened it. But then it transitioned into my boo, which is of course their song with her song with Usher. Um. And yeah, we all got to enjoy that little bop. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end of the performance, there was like an embrace. Um, and also too, what's funny about this is Usher opened the show 
with a disclaimer. If you remember, the disclaimer said something about like, yeah, like I might steal your girl kind of thing. But Usher, that's been the running joke. It's not just like recently a Kiki Palmer revelation. Yeah, I mean, the, the Boondocks did a whole episode about it. Exactly. It's been a running joke. Like, I might take your girl for real. Like, that's that's a part of the Usher charm. Um, And so, yeah, he embraced her like from the back. Um, and was grinning like a, like, as my mom would say, a chessy cat. And, um, yeah, everybody was like, oh, Swiss B's about to be sick, you know? And, and don't get me wrong. We, we all had our, we all had our jokes, you know, but no one's really taking that shit seriously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was entertaining. It was, it was the chance to repost memes, but then little Boosie had something to say about it. Well, and I was just like, yo, if if I have to take relationship advice from anybody, the last person it would be from is from Ubusi. Because he was he was telling um he was uh saying that Swiss Beat should have been more mad about it or something like that. Swiss Beats is perfectly fine with it, he doesn't care. He knows it's just entertainment. But I had to look as at a, as a fellow entertainer, something yeah. Boosie can't relate to. <laughs> Basically, I had to look him up. He has, and here's the thing, okay. He has eight children with six different women. And as far as I know, he ain't married to none of them. Right mm -hmm. now, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that. If everybody's on the same page, but you are not on the same level. And I don't, I'm not saying that one level is better than the other. I'm just saying like you're here and Swiss beats is there. You're in two different types of relationships. So for you to give him relationship advice you really shouldn't because you two are in to two totally different situations. So no one's really going to be. So pe two people in a monogamous relationship, taking advice from somebody who collects women the way kids used to collect Pokemon cards. I, I don't really think that your advice is valid in that situation. I really think he should just keep his fucking mouth shut about it. So. 100%. 100%. Um, Especially considering, like, the one, the affected person is Swiss Beats, and he was unbothered. He went later went on to say, like, look, y'all focused on the wrong shit. Did you see that fucking dress? Um, he was referring to her cape. <laughs> so, and that's what, that's that was the first thing I noticed. Because I was like, oh, that's a beautiful aesthetic. Like, that was the first thing I noticed. You know, I, you I, I, see I, her I, playing I, on the piano and shit. Like, it was, it was nice. It was set up very nice. I, I hate to I hate to admit the fact that sometimes I'm a dirty old man, but when I saw her like standing up in that jumpsuit, I was like, come on, wardrobe malfunction. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Unrelatable content. Um but yeah. Uh so we see them perform, it's cool, whatever. There's a little bit of a kerfuffle surrounding that performance, but whatever. It's all in good fun. It's all in good entertainment. Yeah. Um and then we see uh I, I forgot what order the, these people came out in, but her also made an appearance. Um, yes. She was playing the guitar. Uh-huh. It took me a just, second to recognize her. Just to be clear, though, like, she is not, like, she wasn't playing that live, right? As far as I know, yeah. That's what I said, but it, it sounded so good. Like, it, and she made it look so easy. I, I just felt like she wasn't clicking the buttons or strumming the strings. I don't know how that works, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, wow, like, she makes that shit look so effortless. I know she she is capable of doing that. I just wasn't sure if it was pre-recorded or not because, uh, you know, she didn't want to run into any technical difficulties. But that shit was, yeah.
um, her appearance was great. Um, now, who was not there, notably, was Justin Bieber. And the connection between Justin Bieber and Usher is Usher has written for Justin, has uh, essentially been credited for, like, discovering him, even, like, even though Justin Bieber was, like, one of the first people to blow up from YouTube. Um, but Usher, like, I guess brought him to the table to actually get him a deal. So, um, yeah, Usher, uh, Justin Bieber was not there. He said that he, quote unquote, wasn't feeling it, allegedly. Um, Usher has also been interviewed. He's been on a round of interviews promoting his album and his upcoming tour. The tickets went on sale yesterday. And um, a number of topics have come out since or come up since that performance. Um including this Justin Bieber thing. He just said, we'll do something at another time. So he's keeping it cute, you know, keeping it short, keeping it cute. Um, he also addressed the Chris Brown situation that happened last summer. If you remember, there was like a a birthday party or something. And uh, it was at a roller skating rink and Chris Brown was there and there was some type of altercation. Um, do you remember this story? No, but I don't doubt it. I mean, and, and, If Chris Brown is someplace, is always going to be an altercation. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to be. definitely Uh, problematic for sure. Um, so yeah, somebody asked him about that. He also kept it cute. He didn't deny it. I wish I could find the audio for that right now, but he didn't deny it, but he also, but he kept it very professional and cute. You could tell that Usher is one of the last people to go through media training. Like he knows how to answer questions. He knows how to navigate these spaces. without jeopardizing his reputation or his peers, you know? So like you could tell he's been through media tra training. He keeps the answers really cute, but he, but he's still open and talks. Um, he also opened up about his relationship with Chili, said that he proposed to her, that that shit broke his heart when she told him no. And <laughs> fun fact, Chili is now uh, dating... Do you, do you want to take a stab at who is at who she's dating? Do you are you aware of this? I don't know. Um, You'll never fucking guess it in a million years. I was going to say a million years, but it, it's a white man. If you if that helps, I, I was thinking along those lines, but uh, uh, you would never fucking guess it. Who is it? I'm curious now. Matthew Lawrence, Joey Lawrence's brother. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look up. I gotta look dude up they back. actually had posted a, a little clip together on Super Bowl Sunday. And everybody in the comments was like, Chili, not now. This is Usher's day to day. <laughs> like, like, nobody cares right now. Go try again tomorrow. <laughs> but they, they've been going together for a while, like, um, about a year. At least publicly. So who knows how long they've been together, like, even before their public. Um, announcement but yeah they've been together for, for quite a while Matthew Lawrence um, I, I, I will say Chili is timeless she's 52 and she still looks you know yeah she still looks very young mm -hmm. I, I know T-Boz has, uh, has uh, health issues you know yeah so. I think she has sickle cell that's what she's always been battling with sickle cell but um, yeah so that's her boo um, Usher spoke on, on, on that and Uh, and then, of course, we know him to break up, uh, him and Chili break up, and then he gets married to another older woman, 
named Tamika Foster. Tamika Foster um, and him proceed to have, I think, I don't know if they have one or two kids together, but I know they have at least one because they, they call that one Cinco because he's Usher Raymond the, the fifth. Um, and so... Yeah, like the fans, he pretty much talked about how it was, how it was like whenever he got together with uh, Tamika, but like nobody, the fan base didn't like her because, not just because she was an older woman, I think, and everybody was loving the idea of him and Chili together, so it was like, it didn't really matter who he was with, I think nobody would have liked her because she was following Chili, and everybody loved him and Chili together, you know, that made sense, um, but Also, too, like, Usher's mom was his mom, like, was, like, one of the original momagers, and um, she didn't attend that wedding. Like, she didn't like Tamika either, probably because she was older. Um, I don't know what other types of issues she had with her, but probably, if I had to guess, it's probably just, you know, largely based on the age gap between the two of them. Um, And Tamika's on reality TV now. I saw some show where she said she wasn't going to say her age. So I don't remember, but I do remember her being an older woman, like old, much older than Usher, Yeah, uh, because who was like in his thirties at the time, I guess, at the late time, twenties, thirties. I think she she's she's fifty three. Nah, that 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 doesn't sound right. I feel like it was it was a bigger gap, but it could be. I don't know. I don't Well, fucking know. well, well, Usher's forty four. She's fifty three. Okay, okay, that probably yeah, that makes sense then. That makes sense. Um. So yeah, he talked about his relationship with Tamika and the death of her son. He he died on a uh, Lake Lanier, in a, like a jet skiing accident, which is you know crazy because we know Lake Lanier has been claiming lives. Um, and she started a petition. to uh get that lake basically Oh yeah. like drained Yeah, uh, what what's his name? Um Kyle Glover. Cuz yeah he said that he passed away in 2012. So yeah he's 2001 passed away in yeah. Yeah, he has two children with her. This has been his longtime girlfriend. I don't know how long long time is, but enough to have two children. And um, yeah, he has two children with her. This has been his longtime girlfriend. I don't know how long long time is, but enough to have two children. And um, so this <laugh
the roller skates. I was just like, yeah, that shit is impressive. It, it it was, and I and I joked about it on Facebook. I was like, how did he get those skates so so fast? But then one of my friends like he probably had like those uh the the pop wheels. Yeah, I think he did because he's always he had those two when he used to dance. Like I seen Usher in in uh at a concert once. Like back then he was still it was like maybe in like two thousand two, and uh, it, he was at the across the street at the pavilion, and that's how he would move. Like that's how he would glide across the stage. He had those pop out wheelies, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. But he, um, I think when he transitioned to her, though, he stepped off the stage. So he probably did something similar, and they that's how they did costume changes and whatnot. But, Yeah, those costume yeah. changes were pretty quick, man. I mean, I, I I'm always impressed by stuff like that. Like I know, I I I you know, I've seen like Weird Al Yankovic in concert like many times, and their costume changes take a bit. Because he always had like elaborate costumes and stuff like that. So then he'll have like the Al TV segments in between while he's changing costumes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they were just like, you know, like, oh, there's ludicrous. And then Usher's dressed differently. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, those costume changes are super, super impressive to me. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so I saw a meme that said, or a comment, I think it was just a comment and it said, Beyonce just proposed at Usher's wedding. And I thought that was hilarious because, you know, like, the idea of proposing at someone else's wedding really is um, tacky. <laughs> it's considered to be tacky or in bad taste just because, like, you're stealing the show from the people who paid for this, you know? So it's like, even though Usher obviously didn't pay to be there, but, you know, he, didn't, he also didn't get paid uh, to be there. Um, so Beyonce... played off of her strengths, which we know she loves to troll us. She loves to troll her fans. And she played off her strengths about breaking the internet um, in a Verizon commercial. And I thought it was very cleverly done. Like, she was just doing these things. Um, like, the Verizon guy was just like, oh, Verizon can handle it. Verizon's not going to break. So she's pulling, like, all these ridiculous things out of... Um, Out of, out of out of things that she could accomplish. She was like, what if I go to space and perform? And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, is she really going to try that? Because I feel like she's capable. Like, if anybody was going to do it, it'd be Beyonce. Um, yeah, but the, the point of the Verizon commercial was like, oh, Verizon's stable, you know, has stable service. Like, people can, people will be all right. Like, you might break the internet, but you're not going to break Verizon. And at the end, she says, Oh, they're ready. Release the new music. So as soon as she said that, I'm take I'm hopping my ass on the title. I I did cancel Spotify by the way. I did cancel Spotify because like a lot of people on Spotify were like, I don't see it. I can't find the music. And the only reason I signed up for title was to get Beyonce and Jay Z music, um, first. Right. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I just I had to get rid of Spotify. Um, but in any case. Yeah, so she says release new music and I hop my ass over the title. Um, and there's two tracks. There's Texas Hold'em that's doing very well already. That one is definitely up-tempo. It's made for line dancing. People are having a ball on TikTok trying to create line dances for it. Um, 
I'm going to be ready when, because this is act two, basically, if you recall, the Renaissance era is supposed to be div divvied up into three acts. So this is act two. And so, um, yeah, I like, I like Texas Hold'em. It's, it's growing on me at first listen. It, it didn't grab me the way that the other single did, which is called 16 Carriages. 16 Carriages is really, um, it's a, it's a slow song. But it sounds like it, I think it just immediately grabbed me because I felt her. Like I felt the passion in her singing. It was just like, um, but they're both obviously country songs, but it was just like, I don't know, something about it. It just, it just grabbed me. It grabbed me. Um, interestingly enough, both songs are produced by Raphael Sadiq. Hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, Black people doing what we always do, which is conquering anything we've been responsible for creating. Um, and I, I will say I will say one thing real quick. Raphael yeah, yeah. Sadiq has come such a long way since Tony, Tony, Tony. You yeah. know, and I was a big fan of them. You know, back in the the late eighties, like for, ever since Hey Hey Little Walter. You know, and um. He's always just been he's always just been amazing, you know, pushing boundaries and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. big uh, big ups to Raphael Sadiq. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um yeah, he's he's been credited for that's why that's why I really miss like having CDs because um yeah. I miss reading like the liner notes and stuff, oh, but God. But yeah, I definitely clicked on title and I was curious. Like I clicked on the little info button because I was like, who produced this? This is definitely not Dream. Um, who she she's been known to work with. Like if you look at her at award shows, Dream is usually sitting right next to her or on the other like Jay-Z on one side, Dream on the other kind of thing. Um, but I was like, this isn't Dream. So I was curious, like who and then I was like, mm, I kind of see that though. Especially like regarding the instrumentation um composition on the songs. Um so yeah, uh 16 carriages, that is personally my shit. I love that song. Um Texas Hold'em will, will grow on me. I'll by the time the show comes around, I'll know the dances. Um but I love looking back and seeing like little nuggets that Beyonce, like hints that Beyonce has given us that she's heading in this direction. And we fucking miss it. We're like, oh, I feel so stupid. Like, how could I have missed that clue? Obviously, when she was at the Grammy, she was dressed. She had on a cowboy. Uh, excuse me. She had a cowboy hat. And she had on, like, a bolero tie. Like, she basically had the cowboy, cowgirl look down pat. I, I actually saw her, the pictures with the cowboy hat. I didn't realize that she was wearing it uh, at that time. Yeah. So it's like, damn. Like, oh, I feel, I feel like I missed that. And, of course, the Renaissance tour... There was a disco ball cowboy hat uh, that was like the signature look for a lot of attendees and, and her. Um, and then, of course, the horse. So there's like actually a promotion. I think there's like a little snippet of visuals to, I think, Texas Hold'em. I forget which song it went with, but there's a set of visuals online where it has Glenn Turman uh, riding a horse looking like a cowboy and um and of course like Beyonce on a horse and she was on a she's been obsessed with horses like for forever 
Um, but front and center on the Renaissance album is her naked on a horse. Like it's a disco ball horse, but it's still a horse nonetheless. So like, it's just like, damn, like how do we miss all these clues? Like, damn, like she's been telling us this is the direction she's going. So my prediction is like maybe act three might be like a country, uh, excuse me, a, a gospel album. Like maybe she'll do all gospel. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think um, I'm excited to see what she comes up with. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, of course, like the Hive is making sure that she goes number one. Just like uh, Black people collectively came together to get uh, Lil Nas X to the number one spot in country songs for Old Town Road back in like 2016 or 17. We're here for Beyonce in the same way. Uh, so people started calling up to the radio station. They said, I want to hear the new Beyonce. They were like, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't play Beyonce. Well, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Because yeah. you're saying you don't play Black people? Uh, like what like what are you talking about um and basically they were just like don't know what you're talking about um but of course like texas hold'em seems to be the lead single here so people were requesting texas hold'em um at a higher rate and the this one radio station was forced to backpedal their comments because yeah they were sounding really dumb loud and wrong i i mean beyonce is from houston texas so like yeah what what the fuck are y'all talking about? Like, and then you had, uh, and I'm sorry for stepping on your toes here, but then you had <laughs> dumbass John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard talking shit about Beyonce. And and I forget exactly what he said. I forgot to look it up because I just hate looking at his face. But he, he was kind of comparing her to a dog. Wow. In a comparison about, like, about Beyonce doing country music. And uh, and John Schneider was he he made some movie about like the most improbable movie ever where he's like he has an American flag and people are lit. I'm gonna find a trailer. I'll post it in the chat. People are literally telling him, "Hey, stop flying that American flag, old man!" And he's like, "No, it's my flag." And then he's you know, it, it's it's the dumbest fucking movie ever. Mm -hmm. And you know he was so proud of that movie. Like so him saying that about Beyonce. Does not surprise me. And here's the worst part about John Schneider talking about, well, I know a little something about country music. This motherfucker's from New York. <laughs> Beyonce was born in Houston, Texas. This motherfucker was born in New York. Talk about, I, I know a little something about country music. Shut the fuck up, you racist cocksucker. I, I, I can't stand these people sometimes. You know, you have Charlie Pride was the top-selling country artist of the 1970s. You know, Ray Charles did country. You had Darius Rucker, although... Mm -hmm. From Hootie and the Blowfish to country is not that big a stretch. <laughs> Have you ever heard that album? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but, I mean we he's always had that twang. Yeah, but he's one of the good niggers. Like they they accept him. Yeah, but it's we've always been a part of country music. Always. always. So yeah. the fact that people like John Schneider are getting mad is either a, uh, you're a racist piece of shit, or b, you don't know shit about country history. So it's probably a little bit of both, knowing John Schneider. So, but I, I'm curious to see the country charts next week to see where Beyonce lands, and uh, you know, I, I'm 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 all for it. I'm probably gonna tell uh, my brother to let my dad listen to those tracks and see what he thinks about because my dad loves country music, so yeah. I I, I want to hear his opinion on it. You know, like Texas Hold'em gives me. 
an idea of country trap. Like, if I had to guess what country trap would sound like, that would be it a little bit, because it's still, like, a little hip-hoppy. But 16 Carriages, I feel like, is more of a country song. Okay. Like, as far as, like, traditional country, which you would consider traditional country music. Yes, in my mind, that's what it sounds like. But, um... I'm I'm here for the ride. At the end of the day, whatever wave Beyonce is on, I am here for the ride. I will be at the show. Just ask me what city. Don't even ask me if I'm going. Just, just ask me what city I'm going to, because it's probably not going to be in North Carolina. Um, and so yeah, I love you, Beyonce, and that's all I got. All right, all right. Well, well, we'll keep the music thing going. I also want to talk about Joe Biden and Donald Trump, but you know what? Fuck those guys. It's not going to vote for any one of them anyway. Hashtag leave the top part blank. No, I'm kidding. I, 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 I've decided I'm not voting for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, but I'm not. But I, I feel it would be horribly irresponsible for me to inspire people not to do the same. Like I'm studying up on my local elections. Like we have a local election coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. So probably um, next week, I'm probably going to uh, go vote early. But I got to study on my, on my candidates first. Gotcha. Yeah, because I've been getting spammed. And it's crazy. I'm getting spammed for candidates in Durham. And I'm like, I don't live in Durham County. And and then I used to, I used to work for people in Durham, like a couple of politicians. So I think that's how my name got on the list. Ah, gotcha. And, and I will say this. they I'm guessing that during the last election, They probably didn't have it together, but I did get a mailer uh, yesterday letting me know about having to bring my ID to vote. Because I was saying like the last election that we had, the last local election that we had here in North Carolina, we didn't get a mailer that said, hey, you have to bring your ID to vote now. So luckily I was carrying my ID on me at all times, you know, but now I finally got a mailer a few weeks before the election that says, hey, this is what you got. You got to bring your ID and bringing your ID to vote is fucking preposterous. But I mean, it's 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 North Carolina. What ex what else did you expect? Any 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 barrier to entry of voting, our gerrymandered uh, electorate is going to do it. But anyway, I didn't want to kill the vibe. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations came out last week, and they are amazing, absolutely amazing. So we're gonna do a little thing here. We're gonna try and get through as quickly as possible. I'm going to say a little bit about each artist, and I'm going to ask you, uh, do you think that they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Okay. Okay. So this list went in alphabetical order by last name. So we're going to start with Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige has 14 studio albums since 1992, her highest charting album. Uh, she has four number one albums. Uh, her best-selling album, well, and then actually she has five triple platinum albums. Her highest charting single was Not Gonna Cry, and it was also mm -hmm. her single. So Not Gonna Cry was a uh, number two single. She's never had a number one single. Not Gonna Cry was the closest at number two, and it was also her uh, her top-selling single. Uh, it was platinum. So um, do you think That's that crazy. Mary Jane... That wasn't number one? She never, had, she never had a number one single. So she had, um, she had four number one albums, but never had a number one single. I remember that song. Like that song. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it was on the waiting to exhale soundtrack. So I mean, I'll put it like this: between me and my brother, we had like three copies of that for some reason. <laughs> I think I I want to say I might have gotten one as a promo, and he actually. But I, I know we had more than one copy of it. Yeah, it was a it was a good song. Wait. Um. Hmm. 
yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy seeing Mary perform live. Um, and I also think of like her collaboration. The reason I wish they wouldn't call it rock and roll hall of music hall of fame, but whatever. Well, it probably need needs a name change because it's more universal now. But I mean, it's Yeah. but then again, it's kind of like the NAACP. Like we could change it, but what we aren't change it to. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I think about <laughs> her collaboration with Elton John. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that sounds like a respectable pick. Yeah, I, I, I do think Mary belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Definitely. I mean. But let me hear who else is on that list, though. Okay, okay. I mean, I'll put it like this. There were a lot of people who did hip-hop soul in a way, but Mary made it an actual genre. So it Oh, wasn't yeah. just so it wasn't just a, a, a musical oddity or curiosity, you know, when people like uh 4MDs were doing it, you know, and stuff like that. She turned it into an actual genre. And then she I was just obsessed with Mary J. Blige when I was in elementary school. Um, we actually had like uh, this uh, project. I remember like we were studying, I was in second or third grade. So this was definitely before we left New York. And uh, we were practicing like formal letter writing. And um, I had to write a letter to, well, you picked who you wanted to write a letter to. Um, and I picked Mary J. Blige and Jaleel White. Okay. Jaleel was uh, Steve Urkel, of course, because Steve Urkel was like, very popular at that time. But Jaleel White, White never wrote back. Mary J. Blige at least sent like fan club information. Um, they sent that back and it was just like, oh, like if you want to join the Mary J. Blige fan club, I do remember that. Um, these are some of the perks that you get. I don't, I feel like people don't do, kids don't do that anymore. They just No. get on Instagram or Twitter and talk crazy to their favorites to get attention. Yeah, But yeah. like, they don't, that's It, interesting. it's a lot more. That, that's something that should come back, honestly. It's it's a lot more direct now, Yeah. I, and I and I think because you have that direct access, I don't think the fan club thing will come back. But I mean, a lot of people Yeah, did probably it not. You're right. for the for the collectibles, like the posters and stuff like that. Yeah, But then. it like, I, I really hate the fact that, like, I don't get Beyonce, I don't even get, like, a wristlet. At least, like, with the music festivals, you get, like, a bracelet, you know? And um, that's somewhat commemor like, commemorable, but, yeah, you don't get tickets anymore. Like, you don't get hard tickets. Everything is digital now. So you have to buy commemorative tickets if that's what you want. And I'm like, that, that's whack as fuck. All right. So next on the list, we got Mariah Carey, 15 studio. And, and, and here's the thing. All the stuff I'm talking about here is just studio albums and just U.S. charts. So OK. you wait, and also too, like, so there's only one of these people that can win or it can No, be inducted. no, no, no. It's, it's, it's going to be a, I forget how many, but it's going to be a few of them that are going to win. Okay. Yeah. So it's no, it's not going to be just one. So, Okay. um, Mariah Carey has 15 studio albums since 1990. Her she has six number one albums. Look, yes. You ain't even got it. This lady's already in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Her vocabulary is impeccable. I ain't even mean to cut you off like that. But, Mm -hmm. Uh huh. But like, No, no, you're you're fine. immediately, yes. Like, it's Mariah Carey. Like, she's, when you think diva, you think legends, you think great voice, great writing skills. And she's, like, thoroughly entertaining. She, keep, again, keeps it cute with the answers. Yeah, she's, like, the last of our... She's the last of our living divas just because, like, nobody else is 
probably going to get away with half of the ridiculousness that she pulls off. And that's like a part of her charm. Like that's a part of her personality. The fact that she goes on the Stairmaster with heels on the fact that she, you know, brings her own makeup and lighting people into the room to not look crazy. If you take a picture of her, you know what I mean? Like, and then the fact that she's still a nigga at the end of all of this, like as much as she is a diva, like Mariah Carey is still a nigga. Like, And when she gets to drinking a little bit, that's when that side comes out. And she's collaborated with all the rappers, all the rappers that were hot in the 90s and 2000s. Like, I, lo I love Mariah, but continue, please. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you're per trust me, you're perfectly fine. Um, her highest charting album, well, she has six number one albums. Uh, her best-selling album was Daydream, which was 11 times platinum. That's just in the U.S. Like I said, I'm not doing worldwide stuff, just in the U.S., only because I didn't have access to that for every artist. Um, her highest, she has 19 number one singles. And then her best-selling single was All I Want for Christmas Is You, which is uh, 14 times platinum. So, yes, I, I, I will definitely echo your sentiments about Mariah Carey. Like, I stopped really, like, about the glitter age was about when I really stopped, like, when she kind of fell off my radar. But, I mean, but... Mm -hmm. But Emancipation of Mimi came after that, and, like, that was, like, a booming album. That's why Oh, I was like, yeah. I'm really surprised that Daydream was her number one, because that was, like, when she was still really young. I think she was still with Tommy Mottola at that time. Um, I, I want to say Glitter was one of her first albums away from Tommy Mottola because because that was her first album for for uh, for Virgin when she left Columbia and then went went, went to Virgin Records. So Glitter was the first was the first project and it bombed so badly that um, they bought her out of her contract, which is how she ended up on Def Jam and when Emancipation of Mimi came out. But yeah, I mean, but I mean. Butter Butterfly was also one of those albums because if you remember the lead single was Honey and that was the song with um Diddy and Mace and she had like little to no clothes on in that video. Yeah, I, I, I and as, as much as you know, as as I thought Mariah Carey was gorgeous back then, I thought the whole scantily clad thing for her was, I don't want to, Unnecessary I don't want because of her voice. unnecessary. Thank you. I didn't. I, I almost said beneath her, but I, but I don't believe in that. Like I, there was a, a young lady who I follow on Instagram, and she had a um. Uh, a little video about how she's not engaged anymore. She was engaged to be married. Now she's not engaged anymore. And somebody made a comment was like, oh, well, maybe you'd still be engaged if you weren't on OnlyFans. And I was immediately just like, I'm, the good thing about living alone, I could just curse out loud. Nobody cares. And I was immediately, I was like, I was like, man, fuck you. Like, that's not your business. So I would say, I wouldn't say that it's beneath her. That's uh, insulting to say it was, but you're, it's unnecessary. Yeah, because, like, she didn't need that. Like, but at the same time, I understand. I think I understand the transition period because she she was covered up quite a bit when she was with him. Yes. And she was, like, 19 or 20 years old. Like, at Oh, 19 yeah. or 20, I look, like, your body's probably not going to look as good as it's ever going to look again at that age. And I understand. I, I definitely understand. It was just delayed... Uh, delay what is it called but yeah i i'm losing like i'm having a brain fart right now but yeah like it was just
Um, and then, arrested development is what I was saying. So, yeah. and then, um, and and not to cut you off, Odie, but I know we're on the time thing. So, don't forget to give me the T sign so I could wrap up. Just okay. so, um, next is uh, is Cher, and this is her solo career. Mm. Now, I didn't look to see if she was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when she was with Sonny and Cher because they only did five albums together, right? But this is but Cher is up, so she's had twenty seven albums since nineteen sixty five. So um, she has uh, her highest charting album was Closer to the Truth from 2013 and Dancing Queen of 2018. Those are both number three albums. Uh, her best selling album was Believe when it came out in 1998. That was a um, four times platinum. Her, she has four number one singles. And then her best selling single was again Believe, which was a platinum single for her. So do I think that Cher belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Sure. Why not? <laughs> She's had, and I'll mention this about other artists too. She has two things going for her, longevity and consistency. You know, she's- Okay, she's so quick question. Um, let's say like Mary, there's one more spot left and mm -hmm. Cher gets it. Because like, I do think that Cher should get it before Mary J. Blige. Yes. Let's say Cher gets it. How long, like, will will Mary be able to be eligible next year, or like, does, oh, yeah. is there like yeah. a waiting period where it's like, oh, you can't be nominated, but like every so many There's, years? Um, I, I, I'll, I'll have to look it up, and we'll probably talk about it next week because I think that there is, it's not the same as it is for like the Baseball Hall of Fame, where once you're nominated, you only have a certain amount of years before you're not eligible anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. Because, I mean, you figure Rage Against the Machine was nominated for a few years before they finally got in. Okay. okay. But there is a point of time where you get nominated and then either either you don't get elected anymore. But I'll have to I'll have to uh, look it up because, like I said, I may be going to get mixed up with, with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay. I know they made a big deal about some of those people from the steroid era in baseball. Mm -hmm. Their time kind of ran out to get nominated. So, but yeah, but if Mary doesn't make it this year... She'll almost certainly, I mean, depending on who else is on the list, I mean, she's pretty much a shoe-in to get in. So if she doesn't get in this year, she will get in, even if even if someone like Cher gets her spot. But yeah, I would say that Cher would probably get in before, uh, I I'll put it like this, just the video of Cher back in the 70s dancing with the Jackson 5, that's enough. That Yeah, put her in the Hall of Fame for that. That was actually pretty cool. <laughs> I'm being a jackass, but you know. But uh, I'm just thinking about her dance hits, like, you know. Um. Yeah, believe was a was a big hit. Like, I didn't no shade, no shade, especially like because at that point she had already been like knee deep in her career. You know, she was she she was considered an older legend at that time. So for her to come out with a with a new song and it be a smash as much as it as it was, I do feel like yeah, like she has the longevity for real. Uh, and and believe is one of my least favorite songs from Cher. Not because I was working at the record store at the time and I heard it all the time. Because it, it's it's a good song. It's just that they auto tuned the living shit out of her voice. That's true. And yeah. and and she definitely she can sing. So it's not like she really needed it. And I don't mind if they. I mean, but it it almost sounded like okay they were doing it so much as like a joke or something. Like that's how auto tuned her voice was. It was almost between like the talk box and the auto tune thing, like a mix between that. And I was like, I know Cher can sing. Why are they doing this? <laughs> so, 
Wow, she she has um so I looked at top tracks on her title page. Uh believe stop crying your heart out. I don't know that song. If I could turn back time, strong enough. And a song called Fernando with none other than Andy Garcia. I've I haven't heard that song, but the fact that Andy Garcia is singing with Cher is like wild. I feel like I'm gonna listen to that later. I wonder if they would. I wonder if they did a movie together. Cause I forgot you had that period of time when she was a uh, she was a pretty good actress. She was in a uh, Moonstruck and um, uh, what's the movie with the Mermaids. mermaids? Uh, she was in a few good. She was in a lot of good movies Yeah. actually. Yeah. So, but Yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. They collaborated after a movie or during a movie or something. Okay, who else is up there? uh, Dave Matthews Band. Ten albums since nineteen ninety four. Highest he has uh actually he has seven number one albums. Uh best selling album was Crash, which I have laying around someplace, seven times platinum. Highest charting single was American Baby, which I've never heard. And it's also his best selling single was a gold single. Now, do I like Dave Matthews band? Yeah, I do. I like them a lot. Do I think they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No. No, I don't. Not When I yet. I I agree. When, when I think of somebody going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think of a paradigm shift. Like, because it's not about, like, I like to do your albums and chart stuff just as uh, more like for facts, but it's really not about, you know, your chart positions because they have billboard awards for that. It's really just about your effect on the music industry. And while I think that Dave Matthews Band is a really good band who has songs and, and albums that I like, Do I think they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over most of these people? No. No, I don't. So I, I figure if Dave Matthews Band gets in before Mary and Mariah and all of them, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some problems here. I I I would I wouldn't mind seeing them get in on an off year where they have like uh you know people who I don't care about <laughs> who are on the list. What are your thoughts on Dave Matthews Band? I, have, have you ever heard any of their music? I mean, yeah, but no, not yet. I'm I'm good. Like I will be completely fine if if their spot is goes to someone else and I haven't even heard the full list yet. So mm -mm. But I know I know white people love Dave Matthews, man. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I, I remember like in high school, one of my classmates saying Dave Matthews is hot. And I remember thinking, he looked old. Like in my mind, I was like, I made a face. Like I made a face in her face, um, so she could read my thoughts. But I'm sure, but uh, I just remember thinking, like, he looked old because he. I just remember him having like an old man hairline, even though he was only in his twenties. Right. But yeah, no, no, thank you. So next on the list is Eric B. and Rakim. Uh, four studio albums since 1987. Uh, highest charting albums were Follow the Leader and Don't Sweat the Technique, both peaked at number 22. Best-selling album was Paid in Full, their first album, which went platinum. Uh, their highest charting single uh, was Juice, No to Ledge, from the, um, uh, from the Juice soundtrack, um, uh, which peaked at number 96. And then they have no certified singles. Do I think Eric B and Rakim belong in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Because you figure, in my opinion, if Run DMC saved rap, 
then Arabian rock came as one of the acts at the time that helped propel rap and cement it as a certified art form. You know, mm. between between them, Big Daddy Kane, Public Enemy, all the you know, De La Soul, all of them that came out like in the, in the, the late 80s uh, to early 90s. Yeah, they were one of the pioneers of, you know, bringing rap to that next level. So I definitely think that they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So what are your thoughts on Eric B and Rakim? I know they were a little yeah. bit before. Yeah, a little bit before my time, but I'm I'm with it. Like I I know who they are. Like I know their influence. I know that they I think they are the classic MC. Like it's just Yeah. They're they're definitely the pioneers of MCing and making that me mainstream. Yeah. I'm gonna skip over a couple of these, but there's a couple that I wanted to get to before our time is up. Cool in the gang. Uh 26 albums since 1969. Uh their highest charting album was an album called Something Special. It came out in 1981. It peaked at number 12. The best-selling album was Emergency, it came out in 1984. That's the one that had fresh on it. That was double platinum. Uh highest charting single. They only have one number one out. No, uh one number one song that was Celebration. And then um, it was also their best-selling single, uh, which was a, a, a platinum single. I knew Cool and the Gang in two different phases. My mom, my mom was a big fan of like funk music, so she always had like old Cool and the Gang records, right from their from their funk phase. You know, some of the stuff was even instrumental, like uh, Get Down with the Genie and stuff like that. And they were one. They were one of the premier funk bands in the Ladies uh, Night early 70s. And then in 1979, uh, James J.T. Taylor joined the band. And then they kind of went off in a different direction. So that's the cool in the gang that I grew up with, with the James J.T. Taylor. Okay, era, but what's, was, what's an example of that? Which is um, Ladies Night, Get Down On It, okay. um, Celebration, Cherish, you know, Joanna. That's the, that's the cool in the gang that I grew up with. So it was weird going back and listening to my mom's old Cool in the Gang records from from their funk phase and how different they were from the from from the eighties. But it was all still good music, you know. So do I think that do I think that they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Sure, but if they don't make it, if people make it over them, I wouldn't be mad. But they just got to be damn good because it's got to be damn good because cool and the gang they were they they were a state like it better not be fucking dave matthews man <laughs> exactly exactly and Just then we off, got... off summer madness alone honestly yeah i mean but ladies night is still played like people play it in movies like during all those music montages where women are going out or about to have a good time uh joanna like hell yeah yeah exactly yeah and too hot sampled by coolio yes i forgot about that song oh yeah oh wow I that's what i'm saying like they got a lot of hits like you know what i'm have to i i have their greatest hits album on cd i may need to break it out today yeah, well go well, ahead and pull it out um lenny kravitz mm. 11 11 albums since 1989. Highest charting album uh, is, oh, uh, it's time for a love revolution. I almost couldn't read my own typing. <laughs> it's time for a love revolution, uh, which was number four for him. Best-selling album was an album called Five. It was double platinum. 
his highest charting single was um, It Ain't Over Till It's Over, which peaked at number two. And his best-selling single was Lady, which went gold. Do I think that Lenny Kravitz belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, I do not. Does he make good music? Yeah, absolutely he does, you know. But I don't really see Lenny Kravitz as shifting any paradigms or anything like mm -hmm. that. He's just a run. <laughs> it's going to be a dumb statement. He's just a, a run-of-the-mill good musician. He's an excellent guitarist. He's a he's a great songwriter. But you kick over a trash can and like 10 Lenny Kravitzes will come out, you know, uh, you know, playing their guitars. So I, I don't mean to demean Lenny Kravitz because I do like him, but do I think he's rock and roll Hall of Fame material? I do not. Mm. And and I know that that's that's gonna be an un, an unpopular take. He's you know? fine as fuck. Um, let me just start there. Um, he's very <laughs> handsome. Um, he has aged very well. Um, if I were, what's what's my girl name? If I were Denise Huxtable, I would never let him go. But that's just me. And I, and I and I think this is true. I have to. I'll have to look it up again. But his mom was uh, Roxy Roker. Yeah, no, that's true. From the from the from the Jeffersons. I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I love the Jeffersons. Um, that's definitely his mama. And um, I definitely remember his music not being for me when I was a kid. Like they they would play his stuff on MTV and VH1 all all the time. Um, American Woman, I remember was definitely on on there all the time. And Fly Away, I'm surprised well. Fly Away wasn't his highest because I because that that's a fantastic that song. song. Was, yeah, that song was everywhere too. Um, movies, everything. Um. Let me see. Is he known to work with other artists too, though? I feel like the reason I'm going to say yes for Lenny is just because like, I feel like we don't celebrate our Black rockers like, like we should. So, yes. Yeah. And, but, at the same, but to your point, yes, I do agree that like if somebody, like if Dave Matthews gets in before Lenny Kravitz, I still would be annoyed at that. Like that would irritate me. Um, as far as ranking is concerned, but should he get there before Mary J, who I also said should lose her spot to share? No, yeah. no, I don't think so. But um, and that's that. I think that's the problem with the name Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is because when I think of rock, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, I want to put him in there, but like we're still talking about just music overall, and that's the problem. So like it's like he's competing against R and B people. You see what I'm saying? So right. I think that's where my conflict lies. That's all. But he but he's still fine though. And then we got uh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, thirteen albums since 1980. Uh, his his highest charting album, believe it or not, is uh, Patient Number Nine, which came out in 2022. It's a number two album. So he's never had a number one album. His best-selling album was his first solo album, Blizzard of Oz, from 1980, with mm. five times platinum. That's clever. I like and, that. And, and, and that's the one that had Crazy Train on it. That was a huge... Mm. Yeah, that was. Um, His highest-charting single, another shocker for me, was Mama, I'm Coming Home, which is which peaked at number 28. It's a good song, but it, it's it's such a basic song, for even for somebody like Ozzy, but people love it. And then... um. Crazy Train, of course, was his highest 
selling single uh, four times platinum. Do I think Ozzy Osbourne belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Of course I do. I said it all in one breath. Of course I do. I mean, Ozzy's comeback was possibly after he flamed out with uh, with Black Sabbath. His comeback was possibly one of the most unlikely comebacks of all time. And like I said, if it wasn't for Sharon Osbourne, uh, he'd have been dead in the gutter. Like she kind of like held him together, you know, and like kind of like uh, got him back on his feet and got him out there. I'll tell you a quick story about Ozzy. I know we're short on time. There was a story about him uh, biting the heads off of doves. That turns out that's a true story. So real quick. Uh, I thought it was bats. The bat thing is also true, but the bat thing was an accident. He didn't mean to bite the head off the bat. It was an accident that he did it. <laughs> the dub thing was on purpose, but in his, his defense, he was kind of drunk. So he was supposed to come out and meet with these executives and have like a, a, a outdoor brunch. And Sharon set him up. So he had these doves and he would come out and he would take the doves out of his pocket. I don't know what he had in his pocket and just release the doves to show, okay, I'm a, I'm a kinder, gentler, more together Ozzy, right? But he got wasted. And he got over to the thing and he pulled the doves out of his pockets and he bit their heads off and threw them to the ground. And I was just like, how do you survive that? Simple. You sell a whole, you sell millions of records. That's how you get past it. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it in the interest of time, but Ozzy has so many ridiculous stories and he doesn't remember any of them because he was wasted on drugs the entire time. We'll, 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 we'll save that for another day. But what do you think about Ozzy and the and, and him going in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his solo stuff? Um, yeah, I, I can see it. Um, I'm not a fan of rock music. So for me, it's like I can't reference anything, but I do know Crazy Train. And mm. I know that that was sampled too. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, when I think of rock and roll, I mean, there's a whole festival called Ozzy Fest. I don't see why not. Yeah, I, mean, I would see. I would pick him before I would pick Lenny. Yes, absolutely. and I think of traditional rock, you know. Yeah, I, I and you know, uh, yeah, he's still after all these years, he's still doing this thing. So much props to Ozzy. Uh, Sade is nominated six albums, six studio albums, I should say, since nine since nineteen eighty. Mm -hmm. Highest charting album. Well, she has two number one albums. She has three albums that sold quadruple platinum. Uh, you know, we should actually be referring to Sade with the pronoun they, just because it's a whole band, technically. Right. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, highest charting singles, uh, Sweetest Taboo and Smooth Operator, both peaked at number five. And believe it or not, she has no certified singles. Now, do I think that Sade, do I think they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Absolutely, I do. Um, because the two things here, even though they only have like six studio albums, the two things that I talked about before, uh, longevity and consistency. Yeah. You know, they are very consistent. And when I say consistent, I don't mean as far as doing the same thing over and over, because that's not what they do about putting out quality music. You know, they don't have any missteps in their albums. Everybody has missteps. Even Stevie Wonders had missteps in his albums, but Sade, they've had no missteps at all. Now, is Sade coming in during a tough crowd? Yeah, it's a tough crowd. Yeah. 
<laughs> so if she makes it, I'll be happy. If not, she'll be nominated again, and then she'll eventually get in. And then, uh, I know I'm kind of rushing this because we're running short on time. Tribe Called Quest. Six studio albums since 1990. Highest charting album. No. Uh, they have two number one albums. Best-selling album. They have, three of their albums went platinum. Highest charting single was Award Tour, which peaked at number 47, and they have two gold singles. No. No. Why not? It's just no. Like I've heard the like I've heard their competitors, and it's just like I I'm just like I would put Sade in before I would put in Tribe Called Quest. Now, I would even put in as crazy as it sounds to say, mm -hmm. like you wouldn't think that like your technical predecessor or like descendants of the predecessor should come before the predecessor, if this makes sense. So basically what I'm saying is like, like let's say Dave Matthews made music by himself. I don't know that he did or didn't, but let's just say he did. Mm -hmm. It's like, if his music was better than Dave Matthews band music, then I would say, let's put in Dave Matthews. And what I'm getting at here is like, when is Q-Tip eligible? Because Honestly, I feel like Q-Tip deserves to go in there before Tribe Hall Class. I don't know. I, I I grew up on Tribe. You know, Tribe came out like right when I got out of high school. You know, when I was I love Tribe music, but it has not stood the test of time. Only a couple of songs have oh, stood the test of time, in my opinion. In my I, opinion. I will have to respectfully disagree with you on that. I think the only album that Tribe has that doesn't really hold up now is their first one. But everything from... Um, Low End Theory on, I think it definitely holds up. I know Love Movement was not their best album, but then they came back with Thank You for Your Service, which was phenomenal, you know. And and, and of course, rest in peace to Fife Dog. Mm -hmm. So, I, I like I said, this is a tough crowd. I'd be surprised if they made it in this time around. Yeah. You know, going up against Mary and Mariah and, and Ozzy and all of them, but I think they do have a place, but it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough call. But they're probably they're probably gonna be like Rage Against the Machine, like they'll get in when they have a weaker lineup to go up against. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then and then before we wrap up, the ones who I didn't go over, also uh, Foreigner was nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I despise Foreigner and everything that they do, um, but who's to say that I, I I can't speak on them? I I've never liked their music at all. Uh, Peter Frampton, who I mistook for Pete Townsend from The Who. And I was like, oh, Peter Frampton. And I was like, wait a second. They're two different people. I do like Hold His Ice, though, just so you know. We're Foreigner. That shit is dope. I, I, I just couldn't. Like, that whole Foreigner, Air Supply, Journey, Christopher Cross, all that that whole, especially Journey. I despise Journey. But that whole thing, that I, I just could not, ugh. I just couldn't get into them. But I mean, if they get in, uh, yeah. But Peter Frampton, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not gonna lie. Peter Frampton was the one who actually inspired Roger Troutman to use the talk box because Peter hmm. Frampton used the talk box in his uh, in in his songs. So he's the one that inspired Roger. I saw an old interview from Roger Troutman, and he talked about Peter Frampton, and that's what inspired him to use the talk box to make R and B songs. So. Uh, and Frampton Comes Alive is possibly, I mean, I've never heard it. He's before my time. That came out when I was a little kid. But I know Frampton Comes Alive just from pop reference cultures. It's supposed to be like one of the best 
live albums ever. Jane's Addiction is up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't think they I don't think they really belong there, but then again, it's not up to me. Yeah, I think of like nineties grunge when I think of Jane's Addiction. I don't I don't think of timeless music or anything that I don't think of a long career. Yeah, I, I, there's only two songs I like from Jane's Addiction. That's Mountain Song and Been Caught Stealing. And Been Caught Stealing mostly because of the video. The video for Been Caught Stealing is hilarious. And then um, Oasis is up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, and Sinead O'Connor is nominated for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. They love so, to love you when you die. That is basically, for sure. Basically. I mean, all I'll say about Sinead O'Connor is that they owe her. Uh, they owe her an apology because she was right about the Catholic Church. But that's what's what's crazy to me is like I. They, they always want to. Like I said, they just want to bring you your flowers when you're gone, and it's it's wild business to me. Like, uh, somebody who's who was not remembered in death the way he was in life was um. Muhammad Ali, and I'm like, that's gonna happen with um, Colin Kaepernick too. I 100% see it going that way. Absolutely, and and then all the racists will say Colin Kaepernick would agree with me if he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they love to use that one. I I I made a TikTok video about uh, the Frank Sinatra box set that we used to sell at our store that sat on our shelves. It was a $500 box set. Don't get me wrong, it's 20 CD set, and um how we sold a whole ton of them after Frank Sinatra died. So we sold two of them the same week and they, and then they had more. And one of my, uh, my, my old coworkers, I have her, you know, she's my friend on Facebook and she told me that I forgot about this. We actually had to send her to another store because as managers, we can't leave the store when it's open. They had to send her to an, uh, to a whole nother store at Walt Whitman mall. I don't even remember where that was to pick up two more of those boxes to sell because people wanted them. Like for some reason, ours like other stores are sending us their boxes that they, that they couldn't sell. <laughs> but it's a but. But when Sinatra was alive, those box sets sat there, and then he died, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I want those box sets now." But you know, and and I, and I made a comment about that. I'm like, I mean, it's it's good to um, honor the fallen, but let's give them their flowers while they're still here. Mm-hmm. So, Odie, what what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, when you are being wronged, make sure to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself and, and speak up. Um, if things are not up to par or up to your standards, then say fuck them. Don't be afraid to walk away. And uh, shout out to Kelly Rowland for that for that final thought because um, earlier this week, she's actually promoting, she's on a press run for a movie called Me Mea Culpa. It's okay. a Tyler Perry production. So whatever. I'm probably going to go see it anyway. Um, but anyway, <laughs> she's on a press run for this movie and uh, she went by the Today Show. Or excuse me, I think she, she went by NBC Studios with, with Hoda, I think. Mm -hmm. Hoda and whoever her co-host is. Um. And yeah, she went by the studio and uh, her changing room, which has apparently uh, uh, notoriously been known to be small, uh, was was trashed and not up to par. And so she said, fuck this and left when they could not find better accommodations for her. 
just seems like people will try will try you and i just say if you're being tried and you don't like the way it feels then don't be afraid to say fuck this and walk away yeah that's it i, I agree wholeheartedly um john stewart said and you know when he came back to the daily show he said that uh and i'm probably paraphrasing him incorrectly but like protecting democracy is it's a lunch pail job so it's basically something that we gotta do all day every day uh You probably saw the video of the acorn cop, the cop who where the acorn hit the top of the squad car and he panicked and did a barrel roll to start shooting at his own squad car. And then his partner was like, oh, shoot, where am I shooting at here? And she started shooting. And luckily, the handcuffed person who he had inside didn't get hit, which is a miracle. Thank God he had the aim of a stormtrooper. Um, we need to remain vigilant and make sure that this guy does not get another job in, in another police station. Because the guy who killed Tamir Rice was fired from another police station, and they told him that he's not fit to be a cop. And he still found a job in another police station. I don't even think he was on a job a week when he killed Tamir Rice. So it sucks that we got to be like internet detectives, but we got to make sure that this guy, this acorn cop, does not get another job as a cop. Because it was only through a sheer miracle that he didn't kill this guy in the squad car. And uh, yeah, we just, I mean, I hate to end on a bleak note, but you know, thank God this guy didn't get hurt, but it's just the cops preposterous out here and we got to keep our eyes on them at all times. So, but anyway, uh, you can catch us wherever you can get podcasts. You can get us on uh, Spotify, Apple music, uh, iHeartRadio, I guess. I don't, I'm never on there. <laughs> so, but uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys.